0: Welcome back everyone to MX Asian American. Today we have a very special guest. You want to introduce yourself first?
1: Hi, my name is Louise. I'm a Chinese Canadian female tattoo artist born and raised in the city of Vancouver, Canada. And I've lived here all my life. But next week I am making the move to San Francisco to the States. And I'm really excited. Um, Yeah, I
0: hope your move goes well. Thank you. Um, (laughs) You've already told us a little bit, but um, you tell us a little bit more about um, where you went to school, how you grew up, kind of. Um, did you feel left out and how are your demographics like, etc. cetera?
1: Oh, so in Vancouver, a lot of people are very rich. Um, my parents decided to put me into the West Side School so that I would have more educated friends. Um, so it did me a really good favor because I find that if they put me into Eastside school, I probably would have, you know, either like dated a drug dealer or, mm. you know, put down a path. Yeah. It's, it's quite, it's quite different. It's either one, one side or the other. Um, so I went to school with really wealthy kids and I did feel kind of left out. Generally people are pretty nice, but I, I kind of uh, had that punk phase. So, like, yeah. so it was really, really rare to have that in my school because no one was into that. Um, I probably felt would have felt more fit in if I went to an Eastside school. But yeah, everyone was still nice to me, but I did get stares. And I still had friends, but I didn't feel like I fit in completely. Mm. I would probably hop around to different friends, um, but I never had like a solid group of friends. Mm.
0: So um, explain to me a little bit about like this class warfare thing going on because i don't know anything about um canada um because i am american um but what is this difference between like west side or east side is it
1: just like the location of the schools the location yeah so basically the west side of vancouver is more wealthy more mm. well um they you know growing up everyone in my high school they got cars at age 16 they got I'd say about like $50,000 to $100,000 cars as their first before they got their full license. So as a 16-year-old, they were given these items. Yeah, it was crazy.
0: I got my first car at 18. It was like (laughs) $5,000. And it didn't even run. The AC didn't even run. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Exactly. I had like those roll down windows. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what I had as well um yeah 18 so it was pretty pretty crazy and then in the east side everyone was not as well off um I'm not too familiar with with them because I I never really had friends growing up in that at that time um but I did know that a lot of them did turn out to be drug dealers it was just like the easy easy path to make quick money
0: Mm, that's really interesting maybe there's like redlining going on or something or like the uh, like racial differences like the race demographics basically the same or
1: different um, there's more the wealthy ones are the Chinese and mm. Asian, and then everything else is
0: mm-hmm. just on
1: the other side um a little bit of that but it's also just like living in Vancouver in general so let's say growing out out of high school when you look at everybody's snap um you know instagram stories everyone's just going out for fancy food you know you're you're hip if you're going to all the clubs that you have to have a table um you have to wear expensive things even though you you don't let's say you just work at the mall you still have to wear expensive purses and shoes and all that to be cool
0: mm. so
1: a lot of people that didn't have money felt like they needed to keep up and they would find the quick and easiest way of keeping up. For example, as a guy, you'd be a, a drug dealer for a girl, you would you would probably be a be a sugar baby. It's really common in Vancouver.
0: Mm. Wow, I didn't know that at all.
1: Mm. Thank you for educating me. <laughs> because like immigrants would come to canada because it's easier to get into than the states yeah yeah. vancouver is one of the most beautiful cities in canada because you know the weather we're right next to the ocean we have beaches everything is really nice here so it's probably the best place to go to in canada so a lot of um chinese immigrants do come to canada or yeah vancouver specifically and they do drive the real estate market up quite high i bet i bet yeah
0: um so since you were like in this environment growing up um did you have any pressure even like from your peers or parents to study a
1: specific thing um in college or your high school I didn't do very well like my parents always knew that I was not academically like an academic kid Mm -hmm. Um, so they they did they weren't around that often because they were working but Mm -hmm. they did make me put a lot of pressure on me on schooling but I think they kind of realized that there's not exactly no hope for me but almost no hope so my mom kind of just told me you know I want you to go into university get an arts degree whatever meet a wealthy guy in university uh, yeah that was that was her um I hate that narrative of like what my life should be you have to go to university meet a wealthy guy with with a university degree and then you're good that's it. That's all you need to do.
0: Yeah. All you need to do is be a housewife for the rest
1: of your life. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, if it was that easy, I don't I actually don't think it's <laughs> that But, you know, I didn't. I, she always drove that in my head because she kind of thinks, you know, like, this is the best you can do, like, just go for it. And in my head, I was just like, oh, OK, maybe that is the right way that I should do. So I, I kept trying to go for arts in university. Um, I didn't get into the university that I wanted to get into. And so they were like, okay, maybe try college and then you can get into university right away. And then I I think I tried it for like one term, I failed like two out of three courses. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I just, I just can't go to school. It doesn't make sense. So I went to school for animation actually. Mm. Um, So it was like a one year certificate um, for 3D animation. And I went to this, um, it's called BCIT, it's for technology. Uh, I like the school. I didn't quite like the program very much because we were supposed to gar- be guaranteed like an internship, but, but we didn't actually get one. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to make video games. And yeah, I created a demo reel, but it wasn't good enough for anyone else, for any of the companies. I applied. I never got an interview. It was just really the program was too short for me to create something better. Um, so I felt like it was kind of a waste, but I did learn Photoshop there, which is which is what I'm really happy about. The only thing i can like remember taking away from <laughs>
0: um
1: and then yeah i never got an interview didn't didn't do anything with that certificate honestly and then i graduated and then i went i did like this random job doing logistics and then after that i actually became a real estate agent because my Ooh. uncles were realtors and my parents were like you know what why don't you just like follow their shadow and just do what they do because they're making a lot of money and i was like yeah i'd love to because I, I like looking at houses and whatever so I went into that and I was 21 at that time but it was really hard for me because I look like a baby I look like I was a so a lot of people didn't trust me and I, I felt like it was just a huge shot in my confidence like I already didn't know what I was doing everything's so you know adult and grown up and I had to use specific vocabulary I had to drive like a more older person car than like yeah a right- I bet and I just, it was kind of hard for me. And then, so then I got into pre-sales, which is um, you're I got hired by a marketing company to work for developers. And then we would work in one building and just sell that one tower and that's it. Yeah, mm. so I didn't have to look for clients. I didn't have to do any kind of any anything really. I just had to know one building and that was it. So I was like, this is great. And I did that for about like uh, five years.
0: Wow. Oh my God. Been doing so many things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I really liked it. Um, it was good. It was good because it was good money. It helped me learn how to talk to people. It helped Mm. me learn. It helps me. It disciplined me a lot, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think one of the most important skills that you don't learn in school is like socializing. (laughs) A lot of adult life is just socializing, (laughs) like learning to talk to people. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask like when when you decided or like have you always known that you wanted to get into
1: art or was it
0: more just like go with the flow kind of thing?
1: I definitely always liked art. Um, it was something that was most interested in always and I think uh, when I was in grade three my Teacher asked us to draw a self-portrait and I couldn't do it. I sat there with a blank piece of paper the entire time. Everyone else was done and playing. And I was just sitting there with a blank piece of paper. And I was just really frustrated because I was like, I can't do it. Like everything I do looks so horrible. I just wasn't feeling it. And I was really poor growing up. And I never asked my mom. We never did any kind of sports, extracurricular, no piano lessons, nothing like that. So I asked her for drawing lessons. And... Because I had asked her, because I never asked her for anything, she was like, okay, like, let's, let's try that. So she found this guy that was teaching, this Asian guy that was teaching uh, drawing lessons in his basement for kids. And it sounds so sketch, but it was like, yeah, it's like bunch of other Asians are going there. So it's just like, it's fine. Um, so I went there and then all we did was learn how to draw Pokemon.
0: Ooh, that's so
1: interesting. <laughs> yeah so it it got the kids really into it because at that time like Pokemon was really in Um, it it was pretty good not in
0: like it is now for white people but you know yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah, way yeah crazy Um, but it taught me like the basic standard shapes and Mm. like eyeballing everything Um, so I did that for a few years and I think eventually I was like I don't want to draw Pokemon anymore like I'm tired of drawing Pokemon I want to draw like I took art lessons so I could learn how to draw, do a soft portrait. And all I know how to do is draw little bubbly circles. Aww. So I stopped for a while. And then I found this other art class um, that was taught by an Asian couple. And they were doing Chinese watercolor paintings. Ooh. So the, the school style landscape paintings. And I, I was so into it. I thought it was so cool. Um, never thought I would be able to learn it because it's such a it's such a hard thing to learn. Like not that many people teach it um so I took lessons and they were also teaching for kids so they would teach you how to do that and then on the side they would teach you basic art as well so they would teach me how to draw you know like hands um, perspectives and like just a variation of different things so I learned a lot from learning how to draw from them so I did that until just slightly up after high school Mm. and then while doing that um when I was 13, one of my friends got a tattoo at a tattoo shop and she asked me, she's like, oh, do you want to come and watch? And I was like, I would love to because I was really into tattoos. I just thought they were so cool. And so I went there to, for an appointment and I think she invited like three friends in total. And they're like, you can only have one person in there at a time. So I sat outside while her one of her friends was in there and I was looking through the flashbooks and just kind of like doodling on the side just because I was bored and waiting and the manager comes up to me he's like oh that looks really nice and then we're just chatting and he's like would you ever want to be a tattoo artist and I was like yeah but I don't think I that's can an option? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like I don't, I don't think I can because like, it's all I see are just like huge giant burly men doing it so I was like I don't think I I can do that and then he was like oh why don't you go home draw a few things and bring them back to me and show me whoa yeah. that's so cool So I did. I brought him back to him and showed him. And then he was like, these look really good. How old are you? And I was like, I'm 13. And he was like, well, the age that you have to be would be 18. So come back when you're 18. And he was, yeah, he was uh, talking to and He was like, oh, what do you think of her as a tattoo artist? And he's like, oh, I think like everyone would want a tattoo from you because you're like, you're cute and you're like a girl. And I was like, oh, like I didn't think that I could do it and when I got to like 18 I just didn't go back because I was like you know maybe he doesn't remember me and like I don't know what the process would be I don't think I can do it so I just never went back um I did go back for tattoos though yeah and the people that were doing it on me they were also huge bigger men yeah Yeah. and they would put they would put their hand on me and they would just push into me and I thought like in my head I thought okay I need to be really strong so I can push into the person Mm. because like oh you need to hold the person still you need to stretch the skin you need to do this you need to do that so I thought like there's no way I could do it um so I was 19 getting tattooed and then eventually when I got to like 22 I started to notice a little bit more female tattoo artists and I was Mm. like wow like how'd you get into it like that's so cool and like you're not that big like yeah I just kind of started to like open my mind a little bit and then when I was 25 I met a guy and he said he would teach me how to tattoo and then he got me into a tattoo shop and that's where I learned from my mentor who's in Toronto right now
0: mm. so you like basically you were doing this whole I, I forgot what it is but like selling that whole building thing from a developer
1: right yeah and sell, then you yeah. just
0: like jump ship
1: <laughs> um, I didn't actually jump ship, when I met the guy that said he would teach me I had just purchased my first condo um mm. five and at that time it was I I couldn't drop the job because I needed to pay for it
0: yeah
1: um so I continued doing both for two years wow I bet that was hard it was the worst it was the worst oh just- my god because the 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 pre-sale world started to get a little bit hectic, where it was just like you know launch, rush, 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 rush. Um,
0: it was crazy hours, yeah.
1: Yeah, but the worst part was they wouldn't tell me what my hours were because oh, they didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was very uh, dependent on permits, so we mm-hmm. couldn't start selling the building until the permits were out. Mm-hmm we were promised to sell the building in the end of January. We didn't start selling it into July.
0: Wow. Wow. What?
1: Yeah. And the whole time she made like my uh, district manager was making us work and she knew that we couldn't get permits, but she wanted to continue making us work. And I was not getting paid at this time at all. So (laughs) whenever I had a day off, or I knew that I would get off work so let's say I would know I would get off work by six or seven then I would book someone in like eight or nine or whatever and then I would drive over to my friend's place and just tattoo and make maybe like 50 bucks or 100 bucks for a Mm -hmm. tattoo and then on my days off I would book in like you know five people a day so that I could just make money so that I could pay bills
0: I have a question um as an apprentice or when you're learning how to tattoo, um, is there? it probably depends on like the shop or the parlor, but is there like guidelines or rules to like, because you're still learning, right? Like mm-hmm. how many customers you can take or? When I worked at
1: the shop, yes, they did have their own guidelines and everyone is different. And their guidelines were, they let you use all of their supplies and you can ask any of the artists, any of the any questions you had, they had a lot of resources for us. Mm. We would have to tattoo for free, and it would be by tip only. So oh. we to so you didn't
0: to get free. commission from the sale. No, not
1: at all. Yeah, it would be yeah, it would be by tip only. So when I went to Toronto, I didn't know anyone there, so we would have to post them online like free tattoos by tip only.
0: Mm, okay,
1: because they were free we would get a lot of people that didn't have that much money. Mm. They would either tip us like $5 or $20. Sometimes nothing at all. But I did get very generous people that would tip me $100 at times. So then, you know, if those people wanted another one, of course, I would take them in right away. Um, I definitely had someone not tip me one time. And then I chose not to tattoo him again. And he like reamed me out.
0: Whoa, what?
1: Me, and he's like, I hope your plane crashes. And like all these like swear words. He's like, you're racist. And I was like, I'm not racist. You're just cheap.
0: What? That's so mean. What? But, like,
1: the- crazy Wait, So like
0: people can like appoint or like request you as, as an artist, even though like you're an apprentice or so learning.
1: So they would like directly contact me and say, "Oh, like, are you taking any appointments?" And then I would say yes or no. Oh, okay. And I'll be like, what do you want? And then they'll tell me, and then I can t- I can say yes or no. Like, I be like, I don't do that style. I don't mm-hmm. think I. Need do that. I want to try that. Or some people would even be like, "I want a tattoo. What do you want to do?" And then oh, do whatever I want to do. That's yeah. cool.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. So I was like, because I'm I'm always interested um, because I am. So I totally believe this, but once you get one tattoo, you cannot stop. (laughs) You like get addicted because I have four and I just booked my fifth one for next week. Um, And I want like three more. Anyways. (laughs) Very normal. Yeah. um, But I got one and it was um, from an apprentice actually at the shop that I usually go to near my house. And I was just wondering if there's like stigma around like apprenticing, because like people might think they're less experienced or like you know their work might not be as good. Um, yeah. So I was wondering if you experienced any of that.
1: Um the the shop that I've I work at I worked at, they have really good apprentices. Cause mm. honestly, it's really good. Um, you will get the possibility of getting a blowout which means like they press too hard and then the it expands so it looks uh-huh. bluish so it's a little bit thicker and bluish underneath um, it's a huge chance that you would get that just because they're not as experienced so maybe some of the lines might be thicker some of the lines might be thinner it's not as consistent um, sometimes you can go back for a touch-up and it's fine but I don't I think there's a, actually a lot of apprentices out there that are very talented mm. um, but every door every shop is different so for example you could be super talented just really good at it and then you're you basically get it in a year but then Mm -hmm. the shop requires you to apprentice for three years
0: oh wait so like the time period too like varies depending on the shop yes
1: you know some people believe like oh I apprenticed for five years so that's how it should be and you know there there are some people that are traditional and like they have their own traditions. I'm not really familiar with them. Mm. There are some people where it's just like, you know what, you're good to go. It's only been two months.
0: Mm, wow. Okay.
1: That's very rare, but. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, I got mine. I got one of mine done by an apprentice, and it was like great. Well, it's like better than some of my other pieces that I take. Oh.
1: That's crazy. Um, Would you yeah, get exactly?
0: Um, I could show you. Hold on
1: oh wow that is really well done that's crazy right I was yeah, like the coloring
0: that. and like the blend White highlights. yeah it was very well done that's
1: crazy yeah I don't I think know.
0: I know uh, I was worried at first because they were like oh, we only have an apprentice for this time period and I was like fine that's okay because I just wanted to get it done
1: <laughs> nice Anyways, you have to pay for it, but it wasn't it wasn't like free by tip only.
0: No, no, no. I've never seen, I've never heard of that even. Like, yeah, you have to pay for all of your tattoos, from what I know, at least. I think in the
1: States is like that. Yeah.
0: I'm I mean, not. They might just like get less of a commission. Yes,
1: I think yeah. so. Yeah. Words, yeah.
0: Um, Are you going to go back to
1: the same person for more?
0: No, I, the thing is, I forgot their name and. <laughs> I'm too embarrassed to ask again. <laughs> um, so, also that shop that I usually go to, they're like I I just asked them yesterday. They're booked until October. Nice. I know. So I'm like, "Uh, cuz I'm going back to campus um for fall term in September. So I won't even be here."
1: Uh,
0: so I am going to a new shop that I've never been to, but I've heard good things about. Nice um so next
1: week nice yeah i i think it's kind of um a lot of people don't know this so a lot of people that don't know you know tattoos they they think okay i'm just gonna go to a shop and like have them redirect me to whoever but sometimes if you do a lot of research online you can find independent artists that don't want to work with shops um, for example, me at this point, And then you can directly contact them. But usually those yeah. people. Are yeah, different. my friends, um, they got their
0: they got their first tattoo actually. And it was at somebody's basement. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and they they send me their um IG, the tattoo artist IG and stuff. Um, but I know a lot of people like a lot of my friends go to independent artists. But I think um for me, a lot of them live in Atlanta and I don't i just traffic is like crazy here and i don't want to drive that far um also i don't know how i feel about going to somebody's house right now at Uh this time yeah (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. so but i will be open to that in the future
1: but Um, those are a little bit harder because they're usually pretty booked up mm. like if they're really good
0: yeah. Okay, so how long did you apprentice for?
1: And when did you decide to become independent? Um, I guess for before I went to the shop, it was 2 years mm. of on and off because I if I had to work, I would just stop completely. Mm. So it was 2 years on and off and just me kind of like figuring it out, like test trying it out on friends, like play messing around, not really like having anything official and then when i moved to the shop it was for one almost one full year more like a eight months roughly yeah so almost three years yeah yeah almost three years total but when i got to toronto the guy my mentor there gave me like very very structured guidelines on like you know what i have to do what i can't do and he really helped me out with that and it was because i didn't have anything else going on in my life like no other Work or no friends or family to distract me, then I got to really focus better. Mm. Mm. Why did you decide to become independent? Um, So then after that, I worked for the shop for one full year. And then I decided to become independent because when I found that when I was working at the shop, uh, for example, let's say someone wants a tattoo and then they come into the shop thinking, like, oh, okay, this is what I want to get. And if there was no one else that did could do it, they would give it to me. So for example, I, me and this other girl, me and one of my best friends is uh, the only people that do color. And let's say we got something that was not my style, but it was in color and I could do it, then they would send it to me and then they would partner me with that person. So then I would sit with this person and I'll be like, okay, like I see what you want to get but I think it would look better this way and it would be more my style if we did it this way and then they'll look at it and they'll be like mm, no I don't like that I just want my original idea and then I would have to do it and then for me it's like not my style mm. so not from my heart so it wasn't like it didn't look good to me for me mm. I don't actually know if they actually liked it or not they said they did but I don't know
0: mm. they,
1: they, so but it's just not as um you know, if I get someone directly looking at my Instagram being like, oh, I like her style, I like yeah. what I've done before, I want something similar like this, then it's it's more suit, suited between mm-hmm. yeah. I bet
0: it's hard too. A lot of, like, people just go in, because they, like, tattoos are permanent, or so they say they're permanent, um, and, like, people already have an idea of what they want. Like, mm-hmm. they don't want it to change. So it's, it's like both ways, it goes both ways. Like the customer wants what they want, but also artists have their style. Yeah, it's hard to balance, definitely. And I could definitely see like how it's much easier for independent artists um, to get clients that actually want what you,
1: what you provide. <laughs> and it's hard starting out because, you know, you don't have the clientele, mm-hmm. but if you build up to it, it is easier for you to go off on your own. And another thing that was a huge thing for me was that the shop I was working for would overbook me. So they would book me like one person after the other, and I would do like four to six appointments in a day. and sometimes I wouldn't get a break because wow. you know you don't, you don't exactly know how long it could be. i would I, I do work really fast, um which is why they kind of like, Money advantage- making machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take advantage of it so then it's like you know sometimes i don't have enough time to clean or some in between the clients or so i don't have time to eat and sometimes if one client takes longer on the stencil because they're indecisive then mm. it's more time of my day mm. so it pushes everything back so it's just overwhelming and um also because you are given uh commission and because you're new, they kind of start you off on a lower side of commission. So then after I would go finish work, I would actually go home to my own home to continue to tattoo. Yeah, so it was uh, it was very um, overwhelming and exhausting for me to start off with at the beginning. And then eventually I stopped um, when I was able to go off on my own. Now I'm on my own. I create my own schedule. It's like if I know one piece will take me a lot of focus and a lot of energy then i would just book one person so then that way that person is getting a perfect tattoo mm. The person will not get something that's half-assed done because i'm tired and everything is planned out better and it's all from the heart
0: mm-hmm.
1: so um during your um
0: stay at the shop but also like now that you're independent were there any like stigma or like stereotypes associated with your career um and if so how did you like combat that or like react to that oh any stigma from like the shop anywhere um but probably mostly like your asian parents
1: <laughs> oh okay. or like yeah the asian part of you well, actually the shop that i worked at was like everyone most people were asian so mm-hmm. i thought. There and it didn't oh, feel that's interesting yeah because yeah, exactly. everywhere I go here everybody's white oh so. uh, okay okay honestly I, I coming from that I feel really comfortable doing that and now that I'm guest spotting when I work at other shops I do feel more comfortable um at an all asian shop that's right a, yeah I bet it's mostly because I don't look like a tattoo artist so I actually have no visible tattoos oh uh. No visible tattoos. I don't look like a tattoo artist at all. Uh, I'm very I'm five foot tall. Like I'm really small. I- <laughs> at all. And I prefer to keep it that way. And it's also because of my parents as well. So you know, I don't get the pressure from my peers saying like, hey, why don't you cover yourself? Or like, hey, why don't you have tattoos? Why don't you have visible tattoos? Because they get it. They don't have to ask me any questions like mm, that. That's true. So I, I do avoid going to uh, other tattoo studios to work out of because I am very fearful that someone will ask me that question.
0: I and bet, yeah.
1: Because it it's like, you know, my parents won't like it. And then they'll be like, well, what the fuck do you carry about your parents? Name? And it's like, no,
0: it's not. <laughs> real. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I go into like the, the place I usually go to. It's like crazy. Like everybody's white. And there's, there's like two girls there um, that I know of literally one of the guys like his whole face is tattooed with like his skull and everything and neck and everywhere and I'm just like it's
1: it's cool but but kind of intimidating (laughs) super intimidating um so we I actually have a private studio with my best friend now and we have like it's all Asian all female and we have that Feel where you won't feel that way like all of our machines are really, you probably go to a machine um a tattoo studio and all you hear is like that really loud rhythm.
0: yes oh my god well <laughs> whenever the um i don't even know what it's called but it starts it's like
1: <laughs> yeah it's super loud and it's super intimidating and you go inside and all you hear is loud blasting rocker music screamo <laughs> And then everyone is like, you know, covered in like piercings and tattoos. And you just feel a little bit like anxious because it's like, Uh I'm already nervous. This is permanent. Yeah, You know, it, it, it hurts and I'm lying there for hours. And all I hear is just this loud blaring, you know, ringing and music at the same time. So our studio is completely different. All of us use the machines that are really quiet. They're super quiet. You don't even hear it. And then we play spa music or like. (laughs) That's great. I love this. Like really quiet, soft music, maybe like the occasional.
0: (laughs) Lo-fi. I love this. Oh, my God.
1: Completely different experience for us. Mm. And No one has like, you know, crazy amount of piercings or like tattoos. Like we're all very like we look like regular people. So you don't feel intimidated.
0: Mm. Wow! Oh my God! Where Where is the studio?
1: It's in Vancouver, it's in uh, East Vancouver.
0: Oh, if I ever go,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah, I do of-
1: want to go to Canada someday. So maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a different experience for sure. Mm. Yeah, that's what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to avoid making people feel uncomfortable because we felt that way before, and we felt like, oh, like I'm not sure about you know whatever and then yeah people feel very comfortable with us that's so great
0: mm. so um I know you talked about it a little bit um we're gonna ask again though but
1: um what are your parents thoughts about you getting tattoos um so I don't really know what my dad thinks because he's never voiced it but he mm-hmm. has said He doesn't care okay but I haven't had anything visible enough for him to make a comment on um, so I think he's cool, but the weird thing is not my parents is my mother and my brother. My brother is also born in Vancouver. You know, he's three years older than me. Um, but he is like the polar opposite of me. He's very weird. He's, um, very all into like everything natural you know, he eats raw meat. He's really into fitness, just like complete opposite of me. So he's always just like, you know, you putting ink into your skin, that's not natural. It's not a good look. You're not supposed to do that. You know, I don't like the way it looks. So he is constantly nagging me about it. And he's trying to have lunch with me before I leave. And I know it is to lecture me to not get any more tattoos. And I keep saying, I'm not your child. You don't understand. This is my career. And I'm not going to stop. Like, I don't want to hear it. So interesting. Yeah, He's the only one that really, really, really bothers me about it. Um, My mom doesn't like it, which is also why I don't have visible tattoos. I'm trying to be very respectful of her for it. Um, I did have issues with her when I was growing up. You know, like the usual, um, I felt like she treated my brother better because he's a guy. I felt a lot of pressure from her. I felt a lot of negativity from her, which affected my Mm self-confidence. And we're at the point where we are understanding what she put me through. And it's more like her understanding what she put me through, but me also understanding why she spoke to Uh me. Um. So, we're both going through that. So, we're both trying to understand and help each other get through it and also be more understanding of each other. Mm. She still keeps telling me, you know, I know you really like it, but I really just don't like it. And she says that it's, you know, she's like, oh, what about, what am I supposed to tell my friends when they see you? And I'm like, okay, first of all, I barely ever see your friends. So, (laughs) who cares what other people think? You know, they know Uh that kid they know i treat you well everybody knows that i i do things for you that other people don't do for you so do you really think that me having a visible tattoo is going to change their judgment on that or change the way that i treat you mm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And even though i explain it to her she still keeps begging me like no more yeah I, I don't know it's something about
0: I like Asian parents always like whenever they talk they talk about your kids right um, and I I think it's a thing with face and everything like that um, yeah. or like trying to look good because well I'm, I'm very masculine presenting and like I just got a new haircut and then right. I've been I mean I've had short hair since I was in fifth grade and My mom still asks me every time. She's like, when are you going to grow your hair out? (laughs) I'm just like, why do I need to? (laughs) It's been years.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, they just have a specific idea in their head that it is, it has to be this way. Mm -hmm. There's no changes. There's no, why, why do you want to be different? Mm
0: -hmm. Exactly.
1: Why do we want to be the same as everybody else?
0: yeah true oh my god that's a sound bite right there (laughs) um but that's really interesting because um my mom is actually more hip I think than other Asian moms (laughs) but she got she got her tattoo with me no way yeah like um, when I was 18 I was like I'm getting my first tattoo and then she's like okay I will get mine too with you (laughs) I know that's on her um I know right uh and now she has three. <laughs> She's wow. getting one more next week too. You're kidding? <laughs> For real? <laughs> um, I think her first one was a four leaf clover on her ankle, um, or her heel. Okay. And then, um, her second one is like some stars or something. Like okay, her,
1: her wow, that's very visible cool.
0: hand area. Um. And then her one for next week is going to be a heart. I don't know. If it's like an outline of a heart. I don't know if it's going to be filled or not, but it's going to be on her finger or. Wow. I know. I'm like, whoa. She's pretty rowdy, eh? I know. But I recently told her I want like four more tattoos. And she's like, that's too much, Karen. <laughs> so I think we're getting to that point.
1: I'm going to tell her one month after what? Oh, yes. One. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: is true I should do that I should yep.
1: just tell her after the fact yeah exactly exactly <laughs>
0: uh,
1: or sometimes I'm just like I always had that what are you talking about mm, yeah exactly <laughs>
0: okay um so we're gonna wrap up in a little bit what is
1: your favorite part of being a tattoo artist uh one of my favorite parts about being a tattoo is I really like my clients mm. I find that, I I don't know what it is. I really like tattooing moms. What? Yeah, it's super weird. Uh, specifically white moms. Mm. I don't know, it's the weirdest thing ever. Um, I don't get that. I don't really get Asian moms. I do, but like not that often. And I do well, like Asian them. moms don't really get tattoos. <laughs> super rare, super rare. But there is a few of them that I, I do really like. And the reason that I l- enjoy tattooing them so much is because of the conversations that we had. Mm. As I mentioned, like I had some issues with my mom before, where it's just like we just didn't understand each other. And being able to have these talks with these moms makes me understand what it's like to be a mom. And for me, it's just like, i re- it's one of my dream jobs. I really want to be a mom. Oh, Yeah, because I kind of did feel like my mom didn't do the, what I wanted her to be like. So I have it in my head, like the kind of mom that I want to be. Mm. So when I talk to these moms, I get an idea of, you know, what it's like to be a mom and what they, the challenges they have to face. And then I kind of realize, okay, oh, shit, like this is the challenges I put my mom through when I was a teen. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Now I realize it. And it's like, you know, what you can and cannot say, what you shouldn't say to a kid mm. because it really does affect them. Mm. It's just giving them the freedom to be themselves, but also giving them the idea of what solid core values are.
0: Mm. but also yeah. like their love is unconditional yeah and that's so many of us like go yeah. through like um where we feel like our parents love is conditional
1: yes yeah and yeah, it's so beautiful and it's just like that kind of conversations that I have with these people um it's almost is it's like therapy for me it's like yeah, free- well, yeah. <laughs>
0: While therapy. you're earning money <laughs> well, yeah exactly yeah, exactly
1: and it's like, I can actually can't pay for like these stories and they're actually just giving them to me, but they're paying me.
0: Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, well, that was our last question. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Yeah, had me. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, where can listeners find you? Or, or um, plug anything.
1: On my Instagram, it would be at Louise Flower Bloom. Um, I do most of my work on there. Uh, and then I have a website through there, which would be louiseflowerbloom.com. And I recently got into TikTok. So it's also the same handle, Louise Bloom, And I was like, oh, this is actually so much fun.
0: Ooh, okay, okay. I'll link everything in the show notes so you guys Thank can find you. her. Thank you so much. Thank you so much again for um, coming on the podcast.